Hi, I'm Kathy Brooks, the host of The Kathy Brooks Show. Come discover three pillars, spirit, soul, and body. Kathy Brooks Show starts now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And if it's your first time, welcome. If you have um, been here before, welcome. My name is Kathy, and I'm the host of The Kathy Brooks Show. I'm so glad you stopped by tonight, and you are in for a treat. You know why? This is the Life Makeover series. And also, this is, if you don't know, uh, Stunner Radio also has a companion, Stunner Magazine. And we are celebrating men this month. So isn't that exciting? You got to see the magazine. Oh, my goodness. Is full of men. If you like men, just stop by and you can get an eye full. So um, without further ado, let's get into the subject today. Today, our subject, let me tell you about the Life Makeover series. The Life Makeover series is about um, highlighting men and women who have made big changes in their lives. They have went from one thing, one category to, and they have up-leveled themselves into another category. Tonight, I have a special guest. His name is Vernon P. Davis Jr. And we're gonna go ahead and introduce him and get right into it. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about Vernon. Vernon Davis is a former soda enthusiast who fully embraced his weakness for pizza and icing. For many years, Vernon struggled with low self-esteem and found his identity and comfort in food and sugary drinks. Now, we all have done that. After receiving a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes, he began his journey of healing naturally through lifestyle modifications. During, during the challenges of COVID-19 pandemic and a new baby, Vernon lost 50 pounds and reversed this chronic illness with no medication. No medication. We are going to get into the story because I'm excited to hear how Vernon did it. Don't you want to know? Welcome, Vernon. How are you? Kathy, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All right. I told a little bit about you and what you were able to do. And I'm excited to get into it because uh I know that there are many, many people out here with diabetes. So before I get into all this, actually, I want to give some statistics. Let me do that. So we can we can we can get off. We're gonna get off strong. Okay, so here's a few statistics about uh diabetes. In night in 2019, 37.3 million Americans or 113 percent of the population mm. of the population has diabetes diagnosed and undiagnosed 28.7 million were diagnosed and 8.5 million were undiagnosed new cases 1.4 million americans are diagnosed with diabetes every year 90 to 95 percent of these diagnoses are type 2. wow mm. wow 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 Woo. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it That's is. a lot of people. So I wanted to get into that and get that out there so people can know this is this is big. This is big. 
and I want to not delay and let you tell your story, but tell us a little bit about Vernon and how you got here. And we'll get into all the logistics about it. Yeah, so how I got here, I grew up uh, in a very loving home with uh, both my parents, uh, my mother and my father. And, uh, you know, my father was a very hardworking man, um, putting in anywhere from eight to 16 hours of work per day, uh, working up for one of the, uh, you know, global uh, chip manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with his with his position, you know, we we always got the new the new snacks that came uh, from uh, from this company. Uh, mm-hmm. And in addition to that, we always had an excess of current snacks that were in rotation in the grocery store. We would get them. Uh, and we would get them in excess uh, and a lot of these snacks paired very well with like sandwiches um <laughs> and, and fry and fried foods uh things of that nature mm-hmm. um in addition to all of that you know my, my my mom uh you know she she liked to go out and purchase food for us to consume um uh, it was just easier for the for cleanup um and it was easy on my on my dad as well and so we ate out a lot growing up and you know as i um you know as i got older uh, and, and, and realized how much I really enjoyed food, the taste, the, 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 the sensation that came with being satisfied from mm-hmm. consuming, you know, various, various items, uh, staple items, especially in the uh, Southern community. Um, I uh, learned to, you know, run to that when I felt moments uh, of discomfort, of sadness, of frustration, of anger, you know, go get something to eat um, and something to drink as well, um, most notably a tea or a or uh, or a soda. Um, and so as I got older uh, into college, uh, you know, it just really spiraled out of control with, you know, kind of preparing myself for lack of better words, you know, tough situations. Well, I can, you know, go ahead and have this food on hand or go ahead and consume this. Cause so I know that I feel good for the day. If nothing, if nothing else makes me feel good, I at least have had consumed this and uh, put on a, you know, excess amount of pounds and um, at one point, I was fortunate to be able to, you know, get that weight off. And then I moved across the country, uh, went through uh, some life changes, uh, different situations. And mm-hmm. you know, I reverted back to what I knew for comfort, which was uh, food and sugary drinks. And, um, you know, the pandemic hit. I uh, started experiencing, you know, different uh, different symptoms um, that I had no explanation for uh, from blurred vision. Um, and, and this is with wearing my corrective lenses. Uh, so blurred vision, uh, excessive urination, uh, my mouth was always dry, so I was thirsty. Had different pains uh, throughout my body, most notably on on my uh, on my right on the right side of my body. Uh, then uh, experiencing a lot of tingling sensations that I, you know, and numbness that I had, you know, no knowledge of where it originated from. Come to find out, that was neuropathy, uh, and so uh, you know my you know at a at just about at a cellular level. Um, I was, uh, you know, really, really damaged. And uh, okay. my wife really encouraged me to go to the uh, go to the doctor. She pushed me, actually. And uh, I went. And that's when I found out I was type 2 diabetic. OK, so um, I got a million questions, but let me oh, yeah. let, let's get to it. So <laughs> at the time, um, can you share with us like what was what was your if you want to share your weight? But what was your uh your A1C and, and your blood sh- glucose level at the time you found out that you was diagnosed. Oh yeah, yes indeed. So my A1C level was greater than fifteen point five. Um, so I don't know the exact number, 
Um, that is what the doctors were able to share with me because it was off of off the scale what they utilized uh, wow. the charts, uh, which was actually uh, very horrible. <laughs> Uh, my blood glucose level was 479. No, I lied. 476. Uh, it was 476. That was my blood glucose level. Um, I weighed uh, at the at, on that day. Um, I was uh, 274 pounds, and you know what? I was much heavier than that the day before. Um, one of the things that I learned through my journey is that uh, you know, we're heavier at night, and we wake up in the morning at least a, at least half a pound lighter. Uh, so, but the day I was diagnosed, uh, I weighed in at 274. Okay. Okay. So now, uh, I'm not diabetic, so you're going to have to help me and break this down a little bit. I know the A1C. So what is it? Yours was 15.5. What is what over 15.5? Over 15.5. What, what, what should that number be? What should it look like? So anything over 7.4 is considered type 2 diabetic. Okay. Uh, anything between uh, 5.7 and 7.4 is, oh, 5.7 and 7.3 uh, is considered a type uh, pre-diabetes. And ooh, I apologize. Mm, rephrase that. Anything over 6.4. Is considered type two diabetic, and then okay. anything between five point seven and six point three is considered pre pre diabetic, and uh, five point five and un five point six and under is normal. Okay, okay. So I mean, I just went and got a checkup, and I got all my numbers and stuff. So whew, I'm I'm just blessed, you know. My numbers came back good, but. Yeah. What what I wanted to ask you is, I remember when I had I had a little bout with uh, blood pressure, or whatever. You know, you go to the hospital and they give you the medicine and all this other stuff, and it's kind of like it's a shock, almost like okay, I have this thing, I don't know how to. I know I need to change, but I don't know how to do it because you have a habit of these bad things. Can, yeah. you, can you talk to us about your journey? I think, you know, you chronicled it, chronicled it in your book. So um, talk to us about what that day looked like after you got out the doctor's office and you're like, okay, I got to make some changes. And Kathy, I can't even go into what it was like after the doctor's office without giving a little bit of background on what took place prior to. Okay, <laughs> So uh, for context, uh, because the question that you asked is great. You know, what, what, fueled this life-changing uh, lifestyle um, in such a, you know, an immediate fashion, right? So prior to the doctor, my wife and I went to Michigan uh, for my, when my best friends was getting married uh, to the love of, to the love of her life. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of the, uh, the one of the groomsmen and the groom was a great friend of mine. Um, you know, and so we, we went to Michigan and in route to Michigan, we drove. And that's when I realized I really had a problem. So uh, every hour on the hour was pulling up on the side of the highway to, to urinate because I couldn't make it, you know, to, wow. uh, you know, to the next, you know, gas station or restaurant. Um, and the sensation would come immediate to where it felt like, oh, my gosh, I can't hold it. So oh, I can yeah. go one minute from, you know, yeah, I don't have to use the restroom. Like, I'm fine. 
to 60 seconds later, like, oh my gosh, I need to do something now. I'm going to wet my pants. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was feeling. And you know, I remember my wife asking me, have you ever dealt with, th- have you dealt with this recently? And at the time I told her no. Well, looking back on it, the answer was actually yes, but I didn't think about it as an issue because I was working from home. And so right. my restroom was right around the corner from my workstation. It was nothing to say, oh, well, let me press pause on, you know, whatever assignment or use the restroom, come back and resume. You know, it was, mm-hmm the restroom was just, it was accessible. Um, but you know, in, in transit <clears throat> from one state to another restroom was not accessible, easily accessible. And so, you know, pull over on the side of the highway to urinate, um, was the, the first sign. The second sign uh, also on this trip, uh, was in addition to the, that sensation and, and pulling over the urinate, you know, immediately going somewhere to buy a beverage claiming that I was, that I was thirsty, right. no matter how much I consumed, um, the thirst, I couldn't quench it. Uh, so that wow. was uh, you know, the next sign. Then the blurred vision that I was experiencing that was just on and off, uh, which was very scary, um, especially in the uh, in the evening time. Uh, where I, you know, was sure my wife like, hey, we need to stop somewhere because, uh, you know, I'm scared that I won't be able to see. Um, and then the, the final thing that really hit home for me that I had an issue was, you know, in efforts to not ruin <laughs> my friend's wedding uh, since I was going to uh, you know, be up, up there with the wedding party. Yeah. Um, and efforts not to ruin it. I said, hey, you know, you know, the night before the wedding, I'm not going to consume anything. And so that Ooh. should give me roughly 16 hours uh, to, you know, empty my bladder. And I have to worry about any liquids mm-hmm. coming in, thus needing to come out. And so, okay. you know, so I said, OK, well, that's a good plan, man. It, 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 it didn't work. work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> Kathy, so I believe it was 8 p.m. the night before where I stopped consuming liquids. Um, I urinated frequently throughout the night uh, at me and my wife's hotel room. And then the next morning on the way to meet with the wedding party, um, I uh, asked my wife if we could stop at this nearby random random parking lot for me to go urinate behind a dumpster. And this was maybe 11 a.m. that mm-hmm. morning. Um, so 15 hours after I last consumed a beverage. Well, the wedding was around was around maybe one or two. And so I remember being on the party bus en route to the wedding location and just thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, like I'm hurting right now. And, you know, fortunately, I didn't wet myself. Um, you know, the wedding went smooth and you know, I was able to pace myself as I walked. But soon as they said I do and we were all dismissed, uh, I, I ran <laughs> oh to my, my vehicle. And we, me and my wife, who was at a park, uh, it, was a, it was called Bell's Isles or Bell's Island, uh, somewhere in uh, that, that Detroit, Michigan area, area and uh, went and urinated behind uh, a large tree and, uh, you know, felt very relieved. And, you know, that's when I knew that day, uh, considering everything that had taken place, you know, over the last, you know, 18 hours, like, okay, I really have a serious problem. Okay. Uh, my wife, okay. Uh, you know, so- to go to the doctor. <laughs> So let's get, okay, the name of your book is called mm-hmm. Uncomfortable Peace, Stepping Outside My Comfort Zone to Naturally Beat Type 2 Diabetes. So, okay, you say it, it was a natural process that uh, you did to do it. So um, let me see, I wanted to bring up, uh, okay, so I'm assuming you know, once you went to the doctor, did they put you on medicine and then you just decided you was going to take it, but you, you're going to beat it another way. Is that, is that the route you took? 
Th that's correct. They did prescribe uh, several medications that day. Um, and, you know, after about three minutes of Googling the side effects, um, I told them I wasn't going to take it. Oh, okay. So you never took any medicines? Nope. Never took any prescription medication. Okay. So, so you was betting on yourself. So you, you, you gained some self-confidence to say, okay, you started researching what, what you can do to fix this. Wow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, looking back, uh, I, I like the way you classified that betting on <laughs> myself. Um, in the moment, my thought process was, you know, well, if these are the side effects. You know, I'm, they're actually worse than the actual condition that I'm having. And so why, mm. you know, allow for that to be a possibility for myself? Uh, I need to figure out another way. And then okay. the, the, the other way, you know, I slowly started, you know, building up that regimen. Uh, but okay. it started with a uh, with what I consider to be my last significant uh, um, display of rebellion. Mm. So, <laughs> so you had to wing. Did you wing yourself off of the soda? Because I know it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people drink soda. Some people don't even consume water. That's mm. the only beverage that they have. If it's if it's not soda, it's something sugary. Uh, and a lot of people think that if they don't drink soda and they drink juice. Uh, it's, it's a big, you know, I'm not drinking soda, so it's not bad, but some juices have as much sugar as soda does. So mm -hmm. it's like trading one bad thing for, it's, I guess, the less of two evils because they're both not that great for you, especially when you consume it on a regular basis. So, you know, talk to me about like, these are major, major things. Because I know when I uh, decided to, make some changes in my health it wasn't all at once because i couldn't handle it i couldn't handle it all at once because i say it like this i was looking for a drive-through breakthrough but i didn't get here at the drive-through <laughs> i was yeah. i got here at the buffet it took yeah. my time <laughs> took my time so i knew that whatever it was that i was going to do it first had to work for me it had to work for my schedule and it had to be something, you know, you kind of tweak it to make it effective for you. So uh, in the intro, I showed like, you know, your before and after and, your, and you know, you can follow him on Instagram and Facebook and see all his uh, workouts and the weightlifting and the training and uh, all Shout the out stuff. to Tony Lee. So, I, you know, I know this kind of change can't be something you know, like you just have a goal. I'm going to do this until I get in my swimsuit or I'm, until my numbers go down. Because if you do it like that, you're going to always fluctuate. You got to make a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. So in, in saying that, give us a, like a picture or a day in the life of, you know, how you, you know, what, what changes you did. Do you meal prep? Talk to talk to us about you know some of the things some of the changes that you've made and how it's um, you know are you still eating out on a regular basis how how does that look for you Oh yeah all of, all of those are great questions uh, I do I do want to uh, respond to the uh, the first one okay that you had about the uh, soda and juice so mm. yes I stopped consuming soda and juice the same day that I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Um, you could classify it as cold turkey. Um, right. You know, in my book, I do detail how uh, 
prior to my doctor's appointment, I stopped at a local convenience store and purchased five sugary dr drinks <laughs> in preparation for bad news. Mm. I needed something to comfort me. But throughout that conversation, you know, I realized that, hey, this, this type 2 diabetes issue, I did it to myself. One of the uh, ma major contributors was soda and juice. And so, you know, that was the last day I had soda and juice. You know, I threw the uh, threw those beverages away. I took one sip from I think it was a fruit punch that I purchased of those five. I took one sip and I threw them all away. And so I well, haven't had soda and juice since that day. Well, bravo to you. That I mean, you was you you was ready to go hard for it because you knew how important this is, and you you know that kind of diagnosis is, it is scary. It oh is yeah. Um, so let me ask you this. I know I asked you like a whole bunch of questions, but it's this okay. one just came up. Is 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 this something that uh, was part of your uh, what is it genetics? Anybody else in your family have um, diabetes been diagnosed? That's a great question. So I thought that type two diabetes was hereditary, when in fact it's not. What happens, so to answer your question, no. Uh, I had uh, no other you know, uh, immediate relatives that uh, were uh, type two diabetic or, or pre-diabetes to my knowledge. Okay. But what happens is, and this is where the misconception that it is hereditary, the practices and the habits that lead to type two diabetes are passed down from generation to generation. And that's, that is how families continue to deal with or continue to have to deal with the uh, type two diabetes epidemic is Great. because what Great. leads to yes. the actions are passed down, the habits That's are passed true. down. That's true. You know, I, you know, uh, and to kind of break it down a little bit, it's, you know, consuming whatever types of food we might eat that is not, um, I don't want to use this, uh, that ain't good for us. <laughs> And you get used to it. And, and if you if that's how mama used to prepare her food or grandmother used to prepare her food, that's how you know how to prepare your food. So when I use the word lifestyle change, it's not just about, um, you know, it's about going back and relearning some some ways to prepare food, um, what you can and cannot eat, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know. You know, we always call it sugar or we call it, you know, too much salt or whatever. But you have to understand it's more than just the sugary drinks. That's a big contributor. But there's some other things in there, too. And I'm yeah. sure I'm sure your book gets into that. I know the second one does because <laughs> I didn't mention it. The second one talks about, you know, preparing food and, you know, it'll walk you through like a cookbook. Right. Yes. OK. Let, yep, me, let, me, let me. I brought it up, but let me bring up the name so everybody will know the name of that. Uh, tell us the name of that second book you got. Morsel Medicine. I just need a small portion of food to heal. Oh wow, that's good. That's good. Um, oh, you got it. Okay, that's cool. Oh uh, yeah. There's a quote, um, uh, and I can't think of it right now. But I, I had a doctor on, and. Um, we were talking about food as your medicine and it looks like you are a prime example of how food can medicate you and it is it is the ultimate healer god has already given us everything we need it's yep. just a matter of you know us understanding and uh treating our bodies 
properly. So I like the fact that uh, we don't have to always, it don't always have to be something that's inherited. It don't have to always be something that's in our family, but in our bad eating habits, you know, we, we can cause this illness to come upon us, but you are living proof that it can be reversed. So that is fantastic. So I did ask you some other questions. I'm gonna let you go ahead and answer those. And that was, um, you know, how, how has your uh, eating changed? Do you still go out and how do you deal with that? Yeah, great question. So uh, shout out to two of my great friends uh, who were both very assistive in me you know, making it to where I am today, healing my body. One of them, uh, Breon Reed, um, he you know, really took his time and taught me about the power of uh, natural herbs and sea vegetables and the power of fruits and vegetables. Okay. Uh, and then my, my trainer, uh, also a great friend, Tony Lee, uh, who, you know, talk to me consistently about food and the physical fitness aspect uh, and what was going to be needed in order to heal myself. I used to be very lazy playing video games all day. Now I don't hardly play video games, not because I don't want to, but because I just don't have the time. And mm. so what it looks like for me now, do I eat out? Um, at some point, um, I, I venture to say, you know, most months I eat out once a week um, in, in, in most cases, uh, sometimes twice. Uh, and even with that, you know, there are some things that I either don't consume when I eat out or I don't consume much of, um, you know, very, very intentional about uh, consuming uh, diff different things that's in my second book um, on a consistent basis. Uh, I'm very, very intentional about the times of day that I eat. Um, I drink uh, one and a half to two gallons of water a day, spring water. Um, that's the only beverage that I consume unless I'm making a, a smoothie that I make mm -hmm. at the house with, uh, you know, fruits and vegetables that, you know, I'm you know, familiar with and nothing, nothing added um, like, uh, you know, no, nothing to make it sweet or anything like that. But uh, but a typical day for me, um, you know, about four times a week, I'll get up um, anywhere between three and four a.m. And I'll prepare myself uh, for the day and be at the gym anytime between 4.30 and 5.30 uh, to either work out on my own or to work out with my uh, trainer, Tony Lee, uh, doing anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. And then that's it for, for the fitness aspect uh, okay. for that day. So it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, you, know, you know, my brother Swole, I believe he said it was 4% of our day. Um, you know, if we just spend 4% of our day uh, contribute to physical fitness, uh, you know, we'll be, I think, 90 times better or 90% better. I, I forget the, the number. Um, but well, you, really you say your brother Swole. With a brother with a name Swole, <laughs> hey, you you had to get it right. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's a, you know, great, great guy. Um, I actually met him through my, my biological cousin. So uh, he's my brother. Swole is my brother in Christ. Uh, I met him through my biological cousin, um, mm -hmm. and was actually a professional bodybuilder. Um, and so us meeting was, uh, you know, was a, uh, you know, it was very monumental uh, for me and my family um, due to his uh, his status um, and what it is that he desires to to do and to see as far as change is concerned uh, in our in our community. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, typical day, uh, you know, go to the gym, uh, get that out the way, uh, shower, and um, 
you know, then I'm having my, my first meal. Either it's a smoothie uh, with a, with an apple on the side or I'm making uh, plantain pancakes, um, which you know, is a, a huge, 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 huge change from what I'm familiar with as far as buttermilk pancakes uh, or even, you know, store-bought pancake mix and you just add water. Um, but these are these are more health, healthy for you. Uh, we actually mm. use oat, oat flour um, and we don't buy our oat flour. We take oats, um, the, you know, the Quaker oats that come in a, in a huge container and mm -hmm. we blend it up in a blender until it's, uh, you know, powdery. Yeah. And we mix that with the mashed plantain or we, you know, in another blender, we'll take a plantain and mix it with some water, uh, blend it with some water, and then combine it with the oats and, and to, to the thickness or the consistency of our liking. And we'll drop it in some grapefruit okay. oil on the skillet. And boom, okay. now we have a pancake. A pancake Shoot, that, you know, had you, so uh, guilt free. Look, like, uh, cooking demo. <laughs> I've never had plantain pancake. <laughs> look, Kathy, once uh, once I get a, a handle on uh, you know, things that work, I do intend on putting out some videos of you know, preparing some of the items uh, in this uh, in this book. But it's but it's so easy to prepare. And uh, you know, one of the things that Tony Lee, uh, you know, he taught me when uh, you know, I was beginning this journey um, because my concern became for my child, which I found out my right. wife and I were pregnant a month. Mm -hmm after I was diagnosed. And so then my, my focus, uh, you know, really shifted to getting, getting well so that I can be around for my child, but also right. getting well so that I can display what I wanted my child to, you know, to be right. able to, uh, to portray. Great and so, moments. you know, I asked him, I said, I said, Tony, you know, how do you, how do you keep your kids enthused about consuming, you know, these, these items, which are primarily plant-based. And he said, man, you know, they can't eat what's not at home. And so he's like, it starts with you, you know, what you intentionally go out and purchase from the grocery store and bring it to your home. Um, and you know, I took that to heart. And so there's a lot of things that I used to consume that, you know, we do not bring into this into this home. And then there are some things that we consume on occasion that we bring into our home. Very, very small, small quantity. Um, but my son, it's a lot of things that he hasn't eaten in comparison to his his peers and you know relatives that are near his age. You know, my, my son no. hasn't had chicken. He hasn't had juice. Um, mm -hmm. He hasn't had. Um, he hasn't had chips. Um, I, I can there's a lot of things that. that he hasn't I, had. That that's so true. That's so true, especially when they're young, because um, oh, you know, I, I cooked a lot at home, and I never introduced certain things to my yeah. my kids. And they they are great consumers of vegetables. They they love vegetables. They love uh, fruit. They're they're not that big on sweets i am but what i found was when i was buying snacks it was mostly for me and yeah. i was like i i can't bring it home if i wanted to eat it i had to eat it whatever small amount i wouldn't buy a whole you know a box of it i would buy one eat it and i'm done and i can't i can't bring it home and that is so true and you know i have another friend um she she mainly cooks at home and she never introduced her children to like McDonald's, any kind of drive-through, anything like that. But once she did, just like one time, it's very, very hard. <laughs> mm. You know, that's what they be, that's what they want. But when you're out and and that's what they see other people eating, uh, other kids consuming. Um, but if it's not a regular thing, it's it's fine. But I, I can truly attest to that, and that is so true. Um, if you don't have it in front of you. You know, um, and on that note, on that note, 
as you walk this journey, as you begin to figure out, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, uh, did you have any occasion where you kind of slid back into your old habits, especially when, you know, things weren't quite going as, as you thought, you know, you working out, you're doing the things you're supposed to do, but, you know, uh, how, uh, a couple of questions. When you was doing this, how often did you check in with the doctor to see, you know, your numbers and all that kind of stuff? And um, yeah, let's do that question first. I don't want to bombard yeah. you with too many questions. <laughs> so, so I I went to see the doctor every three months um, okay. for for that three month checkup. Um, I wasn't going to do anything extra as far as going out of my way to go see them because I didn't want to I didn't want to cause myself uh, the stress and deal with the anxiety. I okay. felt like three months, 90 days uh, was enough time in between each uh, visit to, you know, make any any necessary tweaks that I needed to make to continuously improve. And it worked for me. Mm -hmm. um, now, there are some that are, you know, type 2 diabetic that I'm not familiar with. They go every month and that's fine. That works. That's what they choose because it works for them. Um, you know, I found that, you know, keeping it as simple as possible really, really helped for my uh, my mental health, which had a huge, huge impact on, on my uh, physical health. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good. Uh, I, I like what you said earlier when you talked about um, being intentional. I think uh, in a lot of ways, no matter what it is that we're going to do, especially with a big change like this, uh, it's, it's almost confrontational, this thing that you had. It wasn't nothing that was going to go away on its own. Right. You either had to deal with it. In, in one way or the other, and you chose, and you chose, okay, I'm going to deal with it naturally because you looked at the side effects, you did your research, and you knew that there was another option to get it done. So in doing that, you had to set some intentions. And going back to the doctor every 90 days allowed you some space to see, like you said, what would work for you, what wouldn't work for you. Uh, and I think that uh, that's a very good point to bring home to a lot of folks. Um, even when you're faced with um, this type of diagnosis, it's possible. It's possible to um, turn it around. Now, this is definitely your story, and everybody's not going to have the same story, but they can all have the same result. You know, may maybe a little different, but just hearing this, someone can have the same result. And some people, <laughs> I, I come across some people. I, the other night, uh, I, I ran into some guy. I mean, he was telling me um, he had this problem or whatever, and he said that they gave him some medicine for it, and he's not supposed to have. <laughs> he's not supposed to have soda. And I was looking at him. I said, like, "What is that in your hand?" And he's like, "It's just a little soda." He, I was like, "But you know, that's not what the medicine is for. It's not so it allow you to have it. You need to, you know, make the adjustment. Sometimes we use medicine as a crutch." To yeah. continue our bad habits. So I, I just want to applaud you, first of all, for recognizing the importance of where you were, this pivotal moment in your life. You had a lot, a lot of motivation to change. The numbers was looking at you. Uh, the new baby was looking at you. Uh, being a dad was looking at you. And you had to face that and be confronted with it. And yeah. that's, I mean... Bravo to you. Bravo to you. I, I give you kudos uh, you. for that. That's not an easy thing. 
It's not easy to make these changes. Now that you're on the other side of it, uh, I mean, you can show people that it's possible. And in that uh, segue, you are also a motivational speaker. So talk to us who, uh, who is like, I know there's many that can be your target audience, but um, right now, who who do you talk to and and, um, talk to us about, you know, you motivating folks? Yeah. So, you know, actually I dropped uh, the, uh, the, the, the title there of motivational speaking, and I uh, transitioned to impact speaking um, with the uh, with the with the uh, mindset of I'm looking to impact lives uh, you know, for a lifetime versus motivating someone for the moment. And so, you know, a lot of my conversations like are individual basis um, mm-hmm. with you know people in my uh, inner circle and you know directly outside of my inner circle. So maybe a friend of a friend. Um, who's going through, you know, whatever challenges they're going through, because everything that I've learned um, and the principles that I've utilized in order to make it to where I am today, they're applicable to all facets of life. Um, on, a, on a slightly larger scale, mm-hmm. I'm going to do speak uh, to uh, individuals that are you know, struggling with being overweight, um, individuals that are pre-diabetic or even type 2 diabetic, um, and you know, this year I was fortunate to be able to speak at the uh, National Association of Blacks of Criminal Justice annual conference. Um, I uh, you know presented a workshop uh, just about my uh, just about my journey, and uh, you know I'll be you know going to the uh, American Probation and Parole Association conference in okay. February uh, to speak there as well. Um, you know I've been trying to get into the uh, into the prison population. Uh, okay. To be able to speak to, uh, to the uh, men and women that are incarcerated, um, where you know, I'll, I'll, more times than not, the reason for incarceration stems from uh, an emotional decision, and emotional decisions what led me to the type two diabetes diagnosis that I had received, just you mm-hmm. know, one emotional decision after another, and so uh, you know, really fighting to get into uh, into that into that prison population. It is a process. I was very fortunate. Uh, to speak with the uh, Department of Corrections, uh, the state in which I, do, I reside, uh, speaking to the Director of uh, Health Services, um, and a few other a few other notable individuals throughout that throughout that agency, um, and uh, you know just waiting to see you know what's going to come uh, come of that. But you know, Kathy, um, and, and I say this uh, with the utmost respect. Um, you know, regardless of who I'm fortunate enough to stand in front of, or to uh, to be on video chat with, or speak with on the phone. As long as, you know, my family is, you know, able to learn uh, and apply just the different things that I've learned uh, to help me achieve the goals that I set for myself mm-hmm. in route to helping them achieve theirs. That's what matters to me the most. It is a it's just a cherry on top of being able to help other people uh, better their lives and improve their lives. Whereas the the majority of that uh, that Sunday, if you will. Uh, is, you know, my family and making sure that, you know, they don't have to go through what I went through in more ways than one um, and learning from my mistakes and my errors uh, and the lessons uh, that I, uh, that God allowed for me to experience uh, for not only my own benefit now, but for their benefit as well. Well, that's very well said, very well said, because, you know, my mother always told me that uh, we are our, uh, we our family is our first ministry. Yep. They are our first ministry. Our children, um, when, when you're in a relationship, that's a ministry. 
So when we take care of that and put our energy in that, it'll spill over into the rest of our lives. So yep. that's so that's that's great. That's great. And you are correct. That is your first ministry. So and I like the fact that you said impact uh, speaker. And and I would I would add to that. I mean, impact is it's phenomenal. But I think uh, your story is transformative. It's transformative Come on now. because um, what you you are an example of what is possible. And, you know, I believe that God allows us. He wants us to be in good health. And sometimes it's, it's out of ignorance that we're not, you yeah. know, and it's not always like you said, it's not always hereditary. It's something that we've learned, a behavior that we've learned. But he wants us to be a walking, talking demonstration of what's possible. And I, I think you are transformative in that sense. You know, it, it's not just you're saying what's possible. You're not like you're a doctor standing up there uh, talking about your numbers and all that. You're speaking out of, out of an experience that you were able to transform yourself out of. So that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I keep giving you kudos because... When I read those statistics in the beginning, they are phenomenal. They are overwhelming. Oh my God. Overwhelming. Yes. And there are people dealing with diabetes. And um, I remember um, someone uh, in, in my family who's, who's dealing with it, uh, several people, and they're not having the best results as you're having because, number one, uh, one thing you did say that it, it takes any, it, it's, it's emotional. It's emotional. It's emotional and it's mental because if you are in denial of what's going on and you see the numbers, but you're not ready to deal with it because you're not what you're not ready to give up those things. You're not willing, ready to give up those comforts. And I do understand that because I have challenges of my own um, when you're not ready to do that. But you confronted it and said, OK, this is here. This is what it is. Am I willing to go to the other side of it? So again, kudos to you for that. Um, let me see. I do have, um, I do have, uh, I wanted to, in your book, uh -huh. I'm bringing it up here. Uh, now, you talked about uncomfortable peace. Stepping outside my comfort zone to a natural to naturally beat type two diabetes. Talk to me. Wh where does that um, that title? It is it, kind of uh, what's what's the word? Uncomfortable and peace kind of don't go together. Because when you yeah. at peace, you should be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the exact mindset that we have that we have to stay, and I was this way for so many years, we have to stay comfortable to be at peace. For me, staying comfortable was making me miserable. Slowly um, but surely, it was making me miserable. I mean, so much so, um, you know, just just taking, you know, my, uh, my rest, for example. You know, I didn't get enough rest because I stayed up late playing, playing PlayStation. Well, I stayed up playing PlayStation because I was comfortable with doing that. That's why I found it to be peaceful for me. But in all the other areas of my life that require me to be able to, you know, be alert and fully functional, I wasn't mm -hmm. rested 
in order to be able to perform outside the walls of my home. And so I was a liability not only for myself, but for others that depended on me. And mm. so, you know, just using that as an example. And so once I cracked the code on true peace and success requires me to put myself in an uncomfortable status, that is when I knew that I was headed in the right direction. And so it was right. only right that I uh, incorporated that in the uh, title of my uh, of my of my book uh, to be able to tell my story because it did require me being uncomfortable a uh, many a time. There are four times a week where I experience the most uncomfortable twenty seconds of my day. Four times a week, which is when I consume veggie juice. It's disgusting. <laughs> it sucks to drink. Uh, you know, I, I had a client that you know. He tried it and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't big on it. I let him know, like, hey, I drink it because it works. It helps me, even though I don't like it. It's not a meal replacement. In my book, I label it as a meal enhancement. Um, mm -hmm. It's not a meal replacement, um, but it is, you know, juiced veggies. Uh, studies show that, you know, in doing so, consuming juiced vegetables, uh, the, the, the nutrients of that food gets into the bloodstream much, much quicker. I believe within 15 minutes. And ever since I started incorporating uh, juicing uh, of vegetables, not not fruit, um, because it doesn't make a difference in the taste combining them. So I eat my fruit or I consume a fruit smoothie um, with one leafy green added to it. But as far as juicing is concerned, uh, just consuming vegetables, bitter vegetables that are disgusting. Um, I have seen a significant improvement in every every area of my life i mean so, so much so, so kathy okay um okay Vernon, oh, yeah, look. this um now i juice too but i don't what's in this uh vegetable uh smoothie that you're drinking you don't uh, have any food in it it's only vegetables now juice not smoothie okay. uh, so there's a difference okay, so yeah. i actually have a juicer and i run the vegetables through it um and, and i forget it it's in the book but um, zucchini, mm -hmm. uh, bitter melon uh, without the uh, without the insides, um, mm. knob onions, mm. uh, red Swiss chard, <laughs> mm. Thai eggplant, Chinese eggplant, and Indian eggplant, um, uh, Chinese like mustard greens. Ooh, it um, sounds like it's bitter. <laughs> oh yeah, it's disgusting. Um, it's just, I have to chug it. Um, I can't sip it. I can't drink it through a straw. I have to chug it. I chase it so with some How much water. of it? Eight ounces? How much? Um, <laughs> great question. <laughs> so, so eight to sixteen ounces, uh, depending on how much I prepare. Eight to sixteen ounces. In one setting. Yeah, one setting. Yep. Uh, in most cases, it's roughly twelve, um, because the it's foam that sits at the top. After I put it in an eight ounce container, I'm sorry, a sixteen ounce uh, mason jar. Uh, the foam sits at the top. I, I scoop the foam out uh, right before I consume it. Um, yeah, but it's four times a week. Uh, I do it on the days that I work out. Uh, so if I work out, you know, 5.30 in the morning, I'm done, you know, by 6.15, I'm allowing the juice to thaw out. I'll consume it around 11 a.m. noon. Okay, okay. Ooh, I'm going to have to get that recipe. Um, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um sometimes we got to do stuff that's not it works you say it works so it works um you know kathy ha yeah. have you ever heard uh about uh taming the tongue mm, uh, the, a scripture 
and, and I do believe it is in the Bible and I believe it's in reference to, you know, speaking. Um, and so, you know, being mindful of the words that we utilize and right. you know, not to misquote um, the Holy Scriptures um, or, you know, take away or even add to that to that meaning. Okay, um, one of the things that I concluded, um, you know, from thinking of, oh, we had a question. Oh, uh, Lisa was saying the juice sounds very healthy, but there, it, there, but is there another way to consume it? The juice. I mean, you can another way to consume the juice. Um, I mean, if, if there is, I'm not knowledgeable of it. Uh, what I have, what I've learned through research, um, you know, juicing vegetables allows for the nutrients consuming juice vegetables allows for the nutrients uh, in that those vegetables to enter your bloodstream, you know, within 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, that's true. That, that's true. I've, I've, I've heard that too, but I was thinking as, as that question came in, can you heat it up or something? <laughs> oh, I mean, if you, if you want to, you probably now, killing the nutrients, uh, now and, nutrients. and that is a good point. And so, you know, one of the things that I learned through, uh, through studying nutrition, um, going through a going through a course, um, the way that we prepare foods in general uh, has a significant impact on the amount of nutrients that we that we uh, ingest when we consume them. And so, mm. vegetables, for example, are most nutritious raw, uh, and so that's one of the reasons why I consume uh, the veggie juice uh, un, unaltered, um, as, you know, not cooked. Um, and if if something is to be cooked, from my research, the best cooking method. Uh, if we're just talking about vegetables, for example, is to steam it, um, you know, to get it to the texture that you desire, um, but you don't lose, you know, as much of its nutritional value like you would if you boil it or fry it uh, or, or or even bake it. Um, well, you know, so, I, was, I was thinking um, as you were saying that and as the question came through, one of the things that I used to do and, uh, you know, this is just Kathy and uh, I'm not a doctor or anything. But uh, like when you juice, uh, it's a lot to do it and the cleanup and all that good stuff. So I wanted to do it every day, but then I quickly found out that uh, it's time consuming. So a lot of times oh, you yeah. do it and, and probably keep it in the refrigerator for maybe a day or two. But one of the things I would do is I take the juice that I did and put it in an ice cube, the ice cube thing and freeze it. And then use those ice cubes in a smoothie and then drink it to give it a little bit of a better taste. That may be a better way to consume it if you just, yeah. it, you still get, you may not get as much of the nutrients. I mean, you'll get the nutrients, but it may not have the quick effect as just downing it right away fresh. But you'll still get it as opposed to not getting any vegetables. Uh, you kind of got to get yourself used to getting it in because you put that in then maybe add i don't know maybe a fruit or something to help you get it down blend it up and drink it yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know to the young lady she just got to play with it and, and, and experiment and find what, what you know is, is satisfying to her you know? yeah 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 i was uh the reason i i was thinking there is a scripture i cannot think of it right now but basically, when you were talking about being uncomfortable and um, there's a scripture that says um, you go through the pain now, but you look at it 
because of the result you're going to get. It's in Hebrews, but I cannot for the life of me. I used to always have that scripture available to me, but um, I can't think of it. How did you choose your ingredients for the juice? That's what Lisa was Great question. So, you know, I did extensive research on various vegetables and the benefits of them. And, okay. and, and that's one of the things that makes my book so unique is at the back of it, every every ingredient that's made mention of in the book, in the back of it is the benefits of them. And so okay. in doing my research on the best vegetables to heal this area of my body or that area of my body, um, you know, I compiled them all and I realized that they were all going to taste nasty, one you know, one way or another. <laughs> so I just you know juice them all, and, and I, I, I make okay. I make four, six. I use four 16 ounce mason jars, and so I like you said, it is time consuming. So I do you know make it once a week, uh, and it takes about 30 minutes to do. But okay. um, uh, I think Lisa is her is her name. Right, Lisa. Um, Lisa. You know, you can you can add fruit, uh, and I, I did that initially to help with the taste. Um, but I found for myself that adding fruit doesn't alter the taste at all. It actually makes mm -hmm. mentally it makes it more miserable because you're expecting to taste the fruit. And so once I realized that that wasn't working for me, um, I would just eat my fruit, you know, at whole um, and then, you know, guzzle down the vegetable juice. Um, and then prior to consuming the, you know, the vegetable juice, I was already making fruit smoothies and okay. I would add in a leafy vegetable, just one okay. uh, to every uh, fruit smoothie that I that I make, which uh, consists of. Okay. Now okay. it consists of cherries, stra strawberries, blueberries, and um, red Swiss char, along with. Um, uh, Lisa said she was thinking maybe syrup. mint or ginger. Now ginger is real, real strong. It's real potent. <laughs> so uh, I don't know so, if ginger can make it better. Mint might. I mean, good, mint. good, good luck to you, Lisa. <laughs> um, I consume mint. And I do put mint in my smoothies. I use mint uh, because it's a natural stimulant. So I stopped drinking mm -hmm. energy drinks many years ago and found that mint uh, gave me the same desired effect as far as alertness and a little bit of energy uh, without having to deal with the crash. Uh, so I, I have mint leaves in my uh, fruit smoothies. Um, and then I also uh, put mint leaves in my uh, in my water. I'm surprised I don't have my container with me. But I put it in my water every day to consume uh, when I consume my water. Um, as far as yeah. ginger, um, ginger is burns. Um, oh, yeah. It really does. So, you know, good luck with that. I use ginger, um, you know, after one, I work out. Um, one it's a good, part of my uh, uh, recovery drink. Mm -hmm. One good, uh, like a shot, you have to get used to it, the taste, and it's really strong. It's lemons. If you juice lemons and ginger, That'll wake you up in the morning. That'll wake you up. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. But I had gotten used to it. But ginger is really strong and it burns. So it is. I, I would take my time with ginger. I would slowly add it in until you get used to the taste of it. It's really strong. And um, um, I'm oh, oh, one of the things you did say, I wrote it down. You said energy drinks. Mm -hmm. That is another cul culprit to uh some people don't drink sodas but a lot of people drink those energy drinks thinking yeah. they're getting the energy uh they're getting a lot of caffeine and a lot of other stuff but um those are, are bad i i think they're kind of bad well they do have some that are organic 
So that might be something that people can start to look at. If you if you're a high consumer of energy drinks, uh, you might not can quit cold turkey, but I would look into something that that's organic that gives you that natural, not uh, that may be better to kind of start weaning yourself off of that because um, I don't think those are uh, maybe later on because they're high, uh, very popular now. Later on, they'll start telling us what the effect and people start having effects of of, of those energy drinks. So. Um, I was gonna well, see Kathy that's uh and I'm, I'm so glad you said that that is one of the uh I think one of the issues uh you know at least uh, in the western world uh as we wait for information to be given to us versus going to seek it out ourselves um true, true. you know right. one of the things with energy drinks and and for any food or beverage that anyone consumes you know I I can't sit here and tell anyone what to do I can only speak about what I've done what's worked for me just as anyone else you know, for, for the most part. Um, yeah. But what I can do is recommend that any and everyone research the ingredients of the items that you consume, uh, be it food or beverage. Research the ingredients and see, you know, the pros and cons of those individual ingredients. And then you ask yourself, are you comfortable with putting this in your body? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And uh, along this journey, I bet one of the things you learned how to do is read labels. <laughs> Man, reading labels Look. is so important, and you would oh, be so surprised goodness. how much sugar, how much salt, how much whatever is in stuff. You have to read the labels; it's so important. Learn how to. Read I mean, I mean, not only that, Kathy, you'll be you'll be surprised at how little the na the named ingredient, the the ingredient that's a part of the name of the item, true. how little that ingredient truly is in the uh, the product. That's true. That's true. And I mean, that, that, we could get a, get into a whole nother show about all of that, but uh, I don't think it's regulated. As long as that ingredient is there, you could put it mm -hmm. and, and promote that is there. But uh, I mean, we could talk about this. Oh, the uh, food industry. I, I was told, uh, well, I've learned um, and told and, and learned. <laughs> from nutritional people and the people that have helped me along the way. When you go into the supermarket, the best places are on the out, the perimeter. Mm -hmm. First place I go when I go into the supermarket is the produce section. I get most of the things that I need in the produce and then I go into the meat section. All the other sections, I don't really need that much. I go to produce, uh, meat, uh, dairy, and then some of the other things. But those uh, would you agree with that or, or no? Is that the way you usually go in the grocery store? So, so I go to an international market um, and I go straight to the, uh, to the produce section. Um, okay. So there's that. Um, and, and then I'll go get some beans and some lentils, the dry, the dry versions. Um, and then there's a different store that I go to where I you know, exclusively get the water um, that we consume. Um, and, and then I'm, and then I'm out uh, for the, for the most part. Um, you know, and okay. I've heard that same, that same thing about the uh, most beneficial is uh, on the, on the perimeter, on the, on the outside there. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned, uh, as I was, you know, you know, putting the final touches on my second book, Morsel Medicine, um, and, and I mentioned here on the, on the back cover is that obesity and chronic illnesses. So type two diabetes is a chronic illness. Uh, so mm -hmm. obesity and chronic illnesses skyrocketed during the COVID-19 pandemic 
as did the sales of many prepackaged, highly processed, convenient foods, which those are the foods that are in the middle of the, uh, you know, in the middle aisles, uh, the prepackaged, wow. highly processed foods. Wow. Um, so, you know, there's there's something to be said there. There's definitely a correlation on, you know, what's not necessarily beneficial for us actually doing the harm to us. Um, but it also, you know, unfortunately gives us that, uh, that uh, you know, for lack of better words, that euphoric feeling. Um, that pleasure feeling when we consume it uh, that makes us say, I want to feel, I want to feel that comfort. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, we, we, we have, we have so much information and, uh, Bernard, I am so appreciative of you coming on. Uh, we kind of went back and forth with our schedules and I'm so glad that you, uh, were able to make some time today. And, uh, I'm sure the audience will appreciate the information that you brought to us. And before we wrap it up, because the time is going by so quickly, um, tell everybody um, how to reach you if they want to get more information. Um, you know, I know that um, maybe you help out people who are interested in getting fit or just, just tell us about a few of your services and how they can reach you. Oh, yeah. So I'm um, very active on uh Facebook and Instagram. Um, I can be reached at Vernon P. Davis Jr. for Junior. Uh, so at Vernon P. Davis Jr. Um, and and a, a few of the services that I offer. One uh, is a diabetes accountability partner Good. program. Um, Good. That's, that's for you know anyone that's dealing with type two diabetes or pre-diabetes or anyone that you know wants to lose weight. Uh, you know, offer accountability uh, service. Uh, we talk about everything. Um, in addition to that, you know, we all have our own stories to tell, um, mm -hmm. you know, everything that a person goes through, someone else either went through it before or will go through it and can benefit from, you know, what you learn along your journey. And so we do help authors uh, start their own publishing company and, you know, put together, help them figure out how to put together their first publication if they haven't written a book yet. Uh, okay. So we do offer that step-by-step uh, -step guide to uh, self-publishing. So that's uh, um, Davis Publishing, right? That's under under Davis Family Publishing. It is, yes, ma'am. Okay. Good. My my goal is, and, and and this is why I started my own publishing company. You know, I wasn't going to give someone else creative control of my story, nor was I going to let them, uh, you know, reap the majority of the benefits of any sales. And you know, we don't want to do that to anyone else. You know, we want others to feel empowered and be empowered with having creative control of their own story. We're just here as a as a uh, as a resource to help you get started in your own, starting your own publishing company, writing your own book, uh, putting out your own book in which you would you know, retain the, uh, the, the the primary compensation for that, uh, depending on uh, which you know outlet you utilize uh, for you know, printing and things of that nature. Um, but we we would not have a hand in that. You know, we're, we're just here as a resource to, to help those that want to do that get started. All right. All right. Well, you heard it here. There it is. That it is. And um, Vernon has given all the information. Um, look out for, uh, I'll be posting some highlights. And uh, thank you all for joining. Thank you so much, Vernon, uh, for giving us a little bit of your time on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I know you could have been with your family. You could have been had your foot kicked up. Or you could have been at the gym, the thing you love to do now. <laughs> So, or you could have been consuming one of your green juices. <laughs> <laughs>
But thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, we're going to go ahead and close it out for the night. And um, thank you all for joining me. And we will see you next week. All right. And don't forget to check out Stunner Magazine featuring all the men. The kings are in the building. And to my friends, I pray that you will prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. All right. See you later. See you in the next episode. All right. And next week, we're going to have um, another life makeover story. All right. Bye. Thank you.